Welcome to Inspired Edinburgh, the home of powerful conversations. I'm Elliot Reeves, and my guest today is Professor Harald Haas. Professor Haas is Chair of Mobile Communications at the University of Edinburgh and is the initiator, co-founder and Chief Scientific Officer of Pure Li-Fi Limited, as well as the Director of the Li-Fi Research and Development Centre. In your 2011 TED Global Talk, Wireless Data from Every Light Bulb, you first introduced and coined the term Li-Fi, a technology for wireless communication between devices using light. To date, the talk has been watched more than two and a half million times. Li-Fi was listed among the 50 best inventions in Time Magazine 2011, and your work has since been covered in other international media such as the New York Times, BBC, MSNBC, CNN International, Wired UK, and many more. In 2014, you were selected as one of 10 RISE leaders in the UK. In 2015, you gave a second TED Global Talk, which has been viewed more than 2 million times. In 2016, you received the Outstanding Achievement Award from the International Solid State Lighting Alliance, and in 2017 you were elected as a Fellow of the Royal Society of Edinburgh. As well as countless other awards, you hold 31 patents and have more than 30 pending patent applications. You have published 400 conference and journal papers, including a paper in science, and you have published two textbooks with Cambridge University Press. Your Google Scholar H index is currently 69, which I believe is very good, and your work has been cited more than 23,000 times. Absolutely incredible, Professor. It's an honour and a privilege to have you here. Welcome to the show. Thank you. It's an honour to be here and talk to you, and thank you, thank you for for inviting me. It's, it's a big, big delight. Thanks. It's it's honestly an absolute pleasure to have you here, yes. and uh, yeah, I'm very, very much looking forward to to speaking with you. Thank you. Interestingly, I mean, when you think back to the first TED talk that you did mm-hmm. and everything that has since happened, I mean, mm-hmm. what do you feel about that? Uh, pure excitement. I think uh, the TED talk. Um, we don't know what would happen after the TED talk. I mean, you pre- present your idea, you present what you have been working on for the last, at that time, 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, and then you see what, what, what the audience says after it. But we, I knew TED is quite a big thing and I uh, was very nervous and uh, maybe <laughs> most nervous in, in my whole career before that talk, especially as uh, we had some hiccups of the the demonstrator before before the talk. Okay. Uh, so I, when I started it, I actually didn't really know whether it would work. Okay. So I was quite That's nervous awkward. standing there. And, um, <laughs> and then you have this sort of thousand people in front of you and all of them have paid a lot of money and they want to see big things and uh, big ideas and and so on and uh, <clears throat> went into it. But uh, I mean, the, the response and the uh, the, uh, the feedback we've got was really, really great and, and, and magnificent and wonderful. Yeah, and since then, we have done much more work on it. And obviously, and, uh, many people, say, people have uh, joined the club of, of Li-Fi supporters and so on. And it's, it's great to see that. Yeah, It's amazing. It's amazing. It's I mean, really, really excited about that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, TED as an organization now is so well known and so well respected. What, what was your understanding of it back then? I, kind of funny. Uh, I mean, at, at that time, that was 2010, um, I actually didn't know uh, of TED and uh, um, I, I almost deleted the invitation. <laughs> uh, I, it was one of uh, the days before our family Easter vacation. I got this email and uh, I was about to close down all my, my activities and uh, was about to move it into the, the, uh, the, the trash bin. <laughs> yes. But I saw an invitation at, at, the, at the subject line. I thought, oh, look, look into it. Mm-hmm. And then I read sort of, Ted, do you want to present your, your light communication ideas? 
And then, I mean, uh, I then did some research and thought, oops, yes, I, I, shouldn't, yeah. I shouldn't delete that. And then, and, and <laughs> was really, 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 uh, really, um, proud yes. and, and excited to, uh, to be there. Fantastic. Yes. That's absolutely amazing. It really is. So, I mean, going back a bit, uh, you know, what was your early life like? You know, where did you grow up and yeah. Yeah, how would you describe that? I am German, as you, as you may sense from my uh, terrible accent. Uh, so I, I, I grew up in a little village in the north of Bavaria. It's a region it's called Franconia. It's a, um, a very secluded, secure little village, about a thousand uh, uh, people living there. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and uh, a big tradition about the way so people live their lives there and they perhaps live their life in a similar way they have done it. 100 and 200 years ago mm -hmm. and a uh, very secure environment and um, that's where I grew up uh, with with very strong sort of uh, local values <laughs> yeah so and and where did the the urge to move away from there first come from yeah I think um, I, I always when I in, in younger years I always had a dream to uh, move to other countries to move to Canada live in a hut isolated somewhere close to, to a lake and uh, live an isolated life and uh, think and um, do, do things differently so that was also always somehow in my in my DNA if, if you want mm -hmm. and uh, what but what really changed the, the, the way I've approached life was um, after I've uh, studied after my my graduation um i i was uh, was receiving a, a stipend uh, a scholarship from uh, the heinz nixdorf foundation so heinz nixdorf is a is a big uh, computer scientist in, in germany he has created a foundation and he wanted to, to to send young engineers into the south south asia region mm -hmm. to gain sort of experience in that region which was and is still sort of re re very much growing so I got a scholarship to stay a year in India, and um, I, I picked India for for many many reasons, and and I stayed there for for with, with with Siemens developing a mobile communication network for the city of Bombay that time, but now Mumbai. Mm -hmm. And you know, imagine you come. I come from a very very uh, sort of a traditional environment, and moving into a city uh, which are, which is big, huge, and also culturally to totally different yes it was was hard really hard but mm. it, it taught me a lot and it, it taught me that uh, there's, there's more to life than uh, than 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 I, I had had that until then experienced yes and that and inspired sort of further nurtured that that mm. original dream of, of moving out of where and discover the world and discover various different things and it also then <laughs> uh, from that uh, visit of that year in India, I wanted then to to move away. I wanted to, I decided to to to, co to go into a PhD, and and I wanted to do the PhD in an English speaking country. This is something that uh, um, I wanted to achieve, and then I uh, picked Edinburgh and I did my PhD here. And then that's 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 why I partially uh, sit here as well. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Indeed. Yes. <laughs> Going back a bit, I mean, what mm. were your your early career aspirations, and and how did they uh, kind of evolve as you as you got older? Um, I, I mean, I'm I'm an engineer by heart, and I, yeah. I I'm, I'm proud to be be an engineer, and uh, maybe this is also part of my DNA. My father was a, a technician working for Siemens many 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 years, 
and he uh, he in, 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 in inspired me in, in a sense to to look into engineering and i know when i was about 10 years old i got an electronic set and i got the first leds <laughs> uh, which uh, didn't know at that time that they are so important for my future uh, sort of uh, career yes. and i played it with with different different electronics and i put my own circuits together and i i got really excited about it i want to be an engineer I wanted to be creative and and that's why i studied electrical engineering and i want to become a good solid development engineer but then there was this little little dream in me to to move out and move into the big wide world and so so i i, I did that and i still live my dream of being an engineer yes and, yeah. and developing things and being creative and uh, my, my my definition of, of an engineer is always uh, um you'd be you need to be a mathematician you need to be a physicist and you need to, be, need to be an artist. Oh, really? And if you take the intersection of all the three, you, you're an engineer. So the, the creati uh, creativity is something that, that is uh, also what basically is in me and I wanted to, to, to live as well. And that, that together made, made me where, where I am and what I am and what my career is about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. mm. You mentioned uh, working for the likes of Siemens. Uh, okay. I had read that you worked in mobile mobile communications yes. for you know sort of twenty years plus. Yes. I mean, what has what was your sort of career path and the cre career tra trajectory? So I, I started. Uh, I mean, I started uh, when when I uh, after the um, uh, that that scholarship. I worked for Siemens Mobile. Um, in that, no, sorry, I worked for Siemens Semiconductors first, where. They build these chips, the silicon that goes in, that went into mobile telephones. And you, mm -hmm. you know that Siemens was in former time, a mobile phone manufacturer. Right. So yeah. I, I, I worked in that team to develop that, that, that piece of silicon. Uh, so I, I was an, as a development engineer. And then I did my PhD in Edinburgh, went back to Siemens Communications Mobile into the research department. Mm -hmm. But at that time already enriched with a PhD and with the experience in India, I led a research project with the Chinese universities in 2002 and, and, and with German universities. So we created all the patterns that are not all the patterns, but some of the patterns that are now part of the fourth generation of mobile communication systems. And that also then grew further in me in, in, in looking at different ways of mobile communications. And that led me then to LiFi. <laughs> so that, that's roughly in a nutshell my career path. Yes, yeah. Mm. What's your earliest memory of LiFi? Or the the kind of the the idea around it. Uh, that's a very interesting question, and and the the, the thing is that that LiFi has a long history. Uh, actually, um, we all know Alexander Graham Bell. Mm -hmm. His father was a professor at the uh, University of Edinburgh. He, he was here, and and he later invented the telephone. But before he invented the telephone, he actually invented the photophone, hmm. and it was a telephone not using wires, but using sunlight to communicate okay. over 200 meters. Uh -huh. So basically what he did, he had a, had a microphone and the microphone was connected to a mirror and uh, there was sunlight coming in and when you, the voice, the, the signal changed mm -hmm. the angle of the mirror. So the light reflected off the mirror in, in accord with the, uh, with the, with the voice that was, 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 Spoken. Uh, okay. And then 200 meters, he had a selenium cell, a very sensitive detector. And that detector detected the, the changes in the intensity caused by the mirror and then connected it to a speaker and he transmitted voice over 200 meters wow. uh, using, using uh, the, this device. He patented it and he wanted to call her, his uh, 
second daughter photophone. Uh, I understand his wife was against that idea. So that, that's where the, the idea of using light and photons for, for wireless communications was, I guess, born. And then there was further work in the, in the 80s of uh, IBM Research Lab where you, they used infrared sort of light uh, to mm -hmm. communicate. And it was then later... Um, also, when the high, high uh, white, white LEDs came out, there's researchers at Keio University, Professor Nakagawa, who worked on it, and, and uh, I had a collaboration with them. So I picked up that idea. So what we did then is use that idea and um, um, improve it, improve data rates, and, and create not only a point-to-point -point communication link, but create entire wireless networks using light. And that basically was then basically the behind that idea of Li-Fi okay. that we first coined in 2011. Yes, yeah. Why do you think the photo phone never took off? Um, maybe because um, you couldn't telephone at night. Uh, you yeah. couldn't, couldn't, couldn't have a conversation at night. And, um, yeah. But technology has evolved and we are not using sunlight anymore. We're yeah, using LED right. light and lights are always kind of on yes. uh, in, in, in buildings and, and, and offices. And, and 80% or 90% of all mobile traffic originates indoors where there's likelihood of high of light and also terminates indoors. So it's, it's an ideal bearer of information. Yes, mm. yeah. I would imagine everyone watching or listening would know what Wi-Fi is. <laughs> But I mean, what is Li-Fi and, and how does it work? Yes, it's a very good question. So everybody <laughs> hope, but many people know what Wi-Fi is. Wi-Fi is, so, is sort yeah. of wireless communications <laughs> using this router somewhere placed at a wall and using radio communication. So Li-Fi does the same, but doesn't use radio communications. Uh, it uses ordinary light. It uses light produced by LEDs. So LED light to, to communicate at faster speeds mm -hmm. and, and, and ubiquitously. And, and the reason why we do that and the reason why we came up and the reason why it has got so much traction is, is, is that effect that we know as spectrum crunch. Uh, I don't know whether this is a familiar phrase, but if you go to an airport, I guess you have experienced the case where you want to download, uh, you want to go onto your face, Facebook but you can't log in, you can't get the speeds that you need because so many people at the same time want to use the internet. Yes. Or yeah. if you go to London and you want to be, you are at, in the city center and you want to, again, download a website, it really, really doesn't work. It mm. is because so many people want to use that utility at, at the same time at very high data rates, videos and YouTube videos and so on. Mm -hmm. But the radio spectrum is very scarce. It's, it's, it's sort of, uh, the bandwidth, the resources are very, very limited and also very expensive. Mm. Uh, so that we are running into this shortage of, of, of constraining our utility, which has become as important as water or gas supply at home. But Li-Fi provides a big, fat pipe if you want okay to provide new ways uh, new pipes for data communication and it's in fact the the, the visible light resources mm -hmm. are 2600 times larger than the entire radio spectrum and they are free and they are secure and are safe and uh, and that provides this unique opportunity to make our future of data communication, of uh, things that drive the fourth industrial revolution to make it future-proof. Yeah. And we always compare what we do with building the nervous system of the future 
intelligent world, mm-hmm. an artificial intelligent world, where you will have cars on the, on the road that drive independently, autonomously. You have that same ships, autom- uh, autonomous ships, mm-hmm. autonomous vehicles, drones, and um, we are getting more and more connected. But, but to do that, you need the resources. You need the, the oil whales. You need the resources to do that, and, and light provides that in a, in a plentiful manner. Yeah. That's why we are excited and many other people are excited about it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had kind of spoken before and you'd mentioned mm. that it was, I suppose, um, analogous or, or similar to there being um, traffic on one lane versus having, you know, 2,600. I mean, is that virtually what it's like? Yeah, I think uh, just a co- yeah, comparison in terms of what it means. If, if you imagine the highlands, you have the single track lanes mm-hmm. and you have the passing places when a car comes into the other direction, you need to let, let it pass. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you imagine that the cars would be data packets, so chunks of data that basically form your your video, yeah. uh, in, a, in a single track lane, you get only so many cars along that road, right? And sometimes you need to wait, so you get a delay. But now imagine you have 2,600 of lanes forming your, your highway. Yeah. You can have many <laughs> more cars and many more packets that run over that big big highway and that actually is, is what life i will and does provide um now yeah. and, all, and more so in the future mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i mean i would highly recommend that anyone that hasn't already seen your ted talk or either of any of you because you've done a tedx talk as well so any of your ted talks mm-hmm. um they sh- really should watch them because that gives a real life demonstration as to how it works which is it's absolutely fascinating again. Quite incredible. It does. It is also installed in, in one of the first time in, in the Scottish school at Kyle Academy in, in Ayrshire. Really? The, the, we have equipped that school with, with, with Li-Fi luminaires and wow. uh, that provides additional ca- uh, ca- connectivity in a classroom and so on. And uh, where usually with thick walls and so on, uh, Wi-Fi really doesn't, doesn't provide that, that need uh, in terms of... Uh, um, data cap- uh, capability. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've seen um, sources that claim that it can be around a hundred times faster than standard Wi-Fi. Is is that accurate? I think there's always the question: what you compare with, because there's so mm-hmm. many flavors of, of, of Wi-Fi. You have Bluetooth, you have LTE, you have uh, Wi-Fi. In a, the same as in in, in Wi-Fi, there's different flavors, but it is. It is possible, and I would even say it's possible to have a thousand times wow. faster uh, uh, Li-Fi. And uh, in our lab, we have just demonstrated a few weeks ago that uh, we can transmit 15 gigabit per second wow. with LEDs that we buy off the shelf. So really go to an electronic shop and, uh, and, and buy LEDs that are less than 50 pence. <laughs> And have transmitted 15 gigabit, which is uh, far, at least tw- tw- twice as fast as the fastest Wi-Fi. And um, that is only the start uh, of, of the journey of going to uh, 10, uh, 20 gigabit, 100 gigabit, and even a terabit is now what we're trying to, to do in a research project we've just launched. Wow. And I think it, it, can, it could be a, a thousand times faster. So I mean, if, if a video that you download would now take 10 minutes with the current system, it would be half a second with, with that, that kind of capability. <laughs> oh so that, that is really what, what, what this is about. Yeah, I feel, I feel like I need that technology in my life. <laughs> I hope we will have it in the, in, in the future. And uh, um, I think we see that coming mm-hmm. clearly.
So, I mean, just for an, as an example, I mean, contrasting, say, Li-Fi to even quick fiber optic broadband, I mean, what would be the main benefits to the user? So the main benefits is, is this really big capability of providing very high data rates. Mm-hmm. That, that is that is the, the first and foremost the cap- uh, advantage. Mm-hmm. The other, other advantage is it is more secure. Okay. So if you have a room that is concealed by walls mm-hmm. and solid walls, thus it means that the, uh, the Li-Fi signals will not pass the walls. Ah. So if, okay. if you go on, on the street here and you look into your Wi-Fi networks, you may detect 20, 30, 40 Wi-Fi networks of all the neighbors here. Yes. And that would mean potentially you can break into them. Hmm. But with Li-Fi, it is impossible to get a signal out of this room. Uh, so it's more secure. It is also, it works underwater. So wow, if, you, if you think about underwater remote operated vehicles mm-hmm. to explore the seabeds and do all the, the, the things around around that, in that environment, radio doesn't work. Radio only communicates about a few millimeters or centimeters because of the, the saltiness of the water. But, but light, as you know, propagates yeah. up, up to 100 meters more, so you can build wireless networks underwater or even to the satellites. Uh, it's also used optical communication, very narrow laser beams. So it, it works in environments where it doesn't, uh, where other means don't, use, don't, don't work. And also it works in intrinsically safe environments. And an oil platform, for example, where radio technologies can't be used as the antenna could create a spark and an explosion. Yes. But with light, you don't have that problem. So you can work it in petrochemical plants, in, in nuclear power plants, hmm. uh, in, in, in oil platforms, as I said earlier. So it works in different environments as well. And it is um, basically small, integratable, and it can be in every every home appliance at home, in yes. your toaster, in your fridge in your oven i mean and create this future intelligent systems that for example your your toaster orders orders itself from amazon when it is about to break so using <laughs> predictive uh, maintenance uh, and 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 the, the the light communication communicates to the network in order and in, in order the, the device orders orders itself is it, part of the vision that perhaps we have in the future of, of means to save our, our save time for us yeah mm-hmm. Incredible. <laughs> I had read through some of the YouTube comments on mm. a few of your talks. Yes. Um, and I wondered if perhaps you could dispel this myth that um, people have suggested the limitation of Wi-Fi is that the data can only be transferred one way and it can't be transferred back to the light. Yeah, that, this is one of the few misconceptions around the technology. Uh-huh. Uh, obviously, we can use existing lighting infrastructure to provide that the the communication from the internet to the device, mm-hmm. but the devices can also have infrared LEDs. So infrared is is light in the invisible region that is used, for example, in TV remote controls. You don't see when you switch your channel. There's yeah. light coming out of it. So it's invisible light, mm-hmm. and this technology is used for the uplink directions of that for the direction of the from the device to the uh, to the access point in the ceiling. Mm-hmm. It's bi-directional. Yeah, it also okay. works under strong sunlight conditions. Even if you have full sunny day here in, in, in beautiful Scotland and in Edinburgh, mm-hmm. it would work and the, the data rates would perhaps be only compromised by a maximum of, of 5%. Really? Because of the, the patented technology that we, we use to transmit data with lights. Wow. And it also works in a non-line-of-sight environment. So if you have your receiver 
turned around, not pointing to the transmitter, yeah. it would still pick up the signals from the reflection. So the, the, the floor reflects the signal, the table, the glass. And these reflections will all also be collected by the receiver and they uh -huh. carry the data and the data can be decoded using, using that, that, these signals. So it, it, it is Jeez. a non-line of sight technology as well. I hadn't realized that. Oh, I didn't know that. It is. So that's it really is. interesting. But there are limits. For example, it doesn't go yes. through walls, no. which is it's clear. So, but it, it allows us another feature, which is the the security. So it's it's it's, it's a very nice balanced trade off of, of these advantages. Yeah, yeah. What impact could LiFi have on the world's longer term? Do you think? As I said, we are we are we are moving into this sort of fourth industrial revolution. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean it's all about digital economies, uh, economies that are scaled around uh, data. And and if you if you think about that, that means that you have to collect data. We have sensor networks, so houses, buildings, roads, smart cities are all fully equipped with data sensors everywhere to see if, 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 if things move or, or if the bin is, is emptied or not. Mm. There's sensors everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. And then we talk about cloud. We talk about the, uh, the internet where the data is processed, sort of artificial intelligence, machine learning. It's, it's sort of the brain that is sitting in the cloud somewhere in, in some server farms or where, where servers are. Mm -hmm. And we talk about smart manufacturing. We talk about uh, Industry 4.0s where you have smart robots that then do manufacture things in an autonomous fashion. So these are the arms and legs, uh, basically, of, of, of the, the future intelligence system we are, we are creating. Mm -hmm. But in order to connect the sensors with the brain in, in, a, in a server somewhere in, 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 in the Silicon Valley, you need the connectivity. Yes. Uh, and you need so many connections, so many nerve tracks mm -hmm. going from every single sensor to that brain that does the artificial intelligence. Mm. So what we are what we are building is sort of the the nervous system, the really fully nervous system yeah. that enables the, the future the future world of of, of, uh, of autonomous systems and all the the AI um, uh, and machine learning kind of algorithms to work and function and, and act upon the data it receives in, in terms of managing the the robots in 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 a manufacturing hall and so on or for example yeah. if, if you have your, your the glasses the ar so augmented reality virtual reality mm -hmm. you have your glasses and on top of your your vision you get a little display in your glasses and th that helps you to get additional information when you walk and that requires a lot of data uh, connected to the glasses that you wear yeah and and so on so we need we need more nerves nerve tracks in order to build that future vision mm -hmm. and uh, as i said we have one lane at the moment which is the current current wi-fi and and, and uh, wireless uh, communication system but we need to build these 2600 additional lanes in order to enable that vision yes yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that one of these questions will lead into the other. So kind of two pronged question, if you like, what uh, are some of the main challenges um, that you face in rolling this out, you know, globally um, and how potentially disruptive could it be? I think this is a very, very good question. And, and, and the main challenge that we have is is, is the awareness in, 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 in public. Okay. And therefore, I'm very grateful about this instrument of TED. TED <laughs> has helped us a lot mm -hmm. to spread the idea. Yes. 
the spread the idea that you can use your LED light to, to transmit data at very, very high speeds. So that's the first. But that's a good start. But it needs to be further communicated uh, in terms of what are the different use cases? Where can you use it? In, in, in what way? In what, what means? And how does it help industry? So it's educating the markets is very mm -hmm. important. And it's important to tell them there's this new technology that does all the good things for you as people are not aware that there is the, the possibility or many many people are not aware that there is a possibility to use light. So educating is very important. Mm -hmm. And then and then this it impacts two industries essentially. It mm -hmm. impacts the wireless communications industry. Yes. Uh, who have invested a lot into radio communications technologies. We are now at the at the verge of the introduction of 5G. Mm -hmm. uh, and there's this This, this, this therefore uh, also um, strategic reasons why some industries are not not very open in openly picking up up, up life at the moment, uh, understandably. But mm -hmm. it will be a means for for them to secure their future, and that, that is already recognized. Uh, there's another industry which is the lighting industry, um, which suffers a different problem hmm. in in that the LED light bulb um, has a lifetime of 20 years and more. So if you are a, a light bulb manufacturer and you, you suddenly don't sell your devices anymore, yeah. you need to think, rethink your business models. Yes. It's a little bit like the analog photography when you had sort of the, the, the CMOS sensor coming in mm -hmm. and Kodak, and for example, had big, big, big problems as they couldn't sell their, their, their film rolls yeah. anymore. Yeah. So this is a kind of a, a change we see in the lighting industry. So the lighting industry requires a diversification, it requires new ways of uh, creating business models. And, and that means that LIFA is, um, I wouldn't say um, a savior, but it, it is, a, is, a, is a possibility, it's a, it's a strong uh, component to enable new business model in that industry so that a, a lighting company can now provide services. Mm. So they install you install your light in your in your in, in in buildings, but at the same time you create a nervous system of a building, enabling many many applications. Mm -hmm. So like like the smartphone, I mean, uh, the the, the, the first mobile phone provided one service is mobile telephony, yeah. And now the smartphone provides mm. hundreds of services. Mm -hmm. The same is with the light bulb. The incandescent light bulb provides one service, illumination. But with Li-Fi, the light bulbs can provide hundreds of services. Yeah, and that's the opportunity in the lighting industry. And that's why I think there's a there's, there's two industries which will be positively impacted by Li-Fi, and there's great opportunities of new companies coming in to to seize that opportunity using Li-Fi and uh, creating new new ways of generating uh, business models. Yes. Yeah. 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 Hmm. In 2011, at your, at your TED talk, if someone then had asked you in 2018, where do you see this in terms of progress? I mean, where are you at the moment relative to that? Um, I think we are on exactly that trajectory that we saw after the, the big wave of uh, positive feedback after the TED talk. Mm. I mean, there's... there's There's new challenges that came into, into the, com when, when it comes to commercializing, commercializing that technology yeah. that, that we've seen. But the main thrust, the main direction and the main recognition 
is, is exactly where we thought we would be heading. For example, when we introduced LiFi, we said, in order to make it ubiquitous, in order to make it a, make industry adopting it, we need a standard. We need a standard so that different manufacturer of LiFi equipment can live on the market and can provide the equipment that is interoperable. Mm. And, and now we are at exactly that stage where big industries in the lighting, from lighting industry, from the wireless communications industry, sit around the table at an IEEE standardization body 802.11 BB to, to formulate a standard that hopefully will be ratified in, in, in 2021. And that is the, uh, the underlying enabler for it to become really ubiquitous. And that's, that's happened. It has happened. Hmm. And uh, I'm, I'm very grateful that so many of uh, my colleagues and, 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 and not so many people um, around the world in industries have really seen that opportunity that is behind LiFi. Yeah, yeah. When would you expect that it will be worldwide in people's houses? I think um, if, if you imagine, um, I mean, the, the company I founded, Pure LiFi, we've just released uh, the world's first, or not just, but this year released a dongle that is the size of a memory stick mm-hmm. and the uh, the, uh, the we have also released a, a li-fi integrated light bulb that you can buy uh, from from our partners and and this is exactly if you think about this memory stick is exactly where wi-fi was 15 years ago when you wanted to have wi-fi that time 15 years ago you you bought a stick a memory stick a yeah. dongle yes. and you were got connected so mm-hmm. 15 years wi-fi and wi-fi is now arguably all over the place it's, yeah. it's ubiquitous Mm-hmm. But innovation cycles are faster, have become faster. So it will not take 15 years for LIFA to become ubiquitous. Okay. My, my guess is three to five years. And then really? it, it will, will take up. And, uh, and we see the trajectory, we see that pathway in the miniaturization into, into pieces of silicon has started. And, and, and we, we, we see that, that massive integration going on. And it's fast. It's, it's very fast. That's incredibly exciting. Yeah, yeah. It really is. It really is. What do you think are going to be some of the biggest uh, technological advances in the in the coming years? I think the the advantage uh, advances will be around the uh, the data rates. So okay. so at the moment we the commercial products are in the region of fifty megabit per second. We see we'll see a tremendous uh, improvement in the technology roadmaps in providing these gigabits that we've shown in the labs. That it, this will coming on the market. And our hope is that the uh, device uh, smartphone manufacturers will recognize the opportunity and integrate the modems and the modules we've created into the smartphones. So it becomes integrated into smartphones. Mm-hmm. So the lighting industry realize, okay, if they integrate LiFi into, into the lamps, they can sell wireless equipment rather than lighting equipment and leveraging this big opportunity in creating new services. So in the future, if you go to Amazon, you don't buy an LED light bulb. You, you buy a Li-Fi light bulb, which provides you light plus, plus sort of data connectivity in your, in your homes. Yeah. And this, is, this is something that we, we, the advances we will see in, in, in the future. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are your feelings on artificial intelligence? Uh, artificial intelligence is, is, is wonderful. I mean, this is, is a little bit of a buzzword uh, because we have artificial intelligence uh, in, in, in our in our equipment already. I mean, if you if you remember, maybe a few tens of years or uh, f- ten years ago, mm-hmm. th- there was this, this hype of fuzzy logic. Have you heard that? So your washing awesome. machine 
basically adjusted <laughs> the the way it, it uses the water and the detergents in a way that is based on what's the content so how how dirty is your uh, uh, things in there and and then adjusts all the the parameters it's okay and that, that was an intelligent system based on fuzzy logic and uh, and this has just been carried on and put under the umbrella of, of artificial intelligence but it is basically a synonym a synonym for us getting smarter devices getting smarter devices around us that 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 act more independently and autonomously mm -hmm. and 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 the the, the main bend, the main driver for doing all of this is, is basically creating a better living environment and uh, helping us uh to to save time so that we can the time that we've gained use in a more sort of creative way and a more intelligent way yeah um so I think it it has to be wrapped around the the this this wave of autonomous systems, perhaps, and um, it is an essential part. But it's it's a, like Li-Fi, the, the the basic building blocks have been there for for a long time, but mm -hmm. it has gained new momentum uh, with the with the prospect of of of, uh, of of the fourth industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. Do you think we run the risk of making ourselves redundant? I'm hoping we will make ourselves redundant, and that's that's. That's a very good uh, statement because I'm, I'm I'm slightly concerned uh, by by the fact that that there are many people who say technology is something bad, something we shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. Why do we need all these new technologies? It's, it's scary. It's it's dangerous. And, <laughs> and and what about artificial intelligence? What about the machines control us and so on? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's all rubbish. <laughs> really? <laughs> no, I think I think. I, how old did people get 200 years ago? The, what was the average age 200 years ago? <sighs> less than what it is now. It was probably 50 or something. Oh, I guess uh, less than that. Really so 40 less? maybe, 40, 50. Yeah. What's the average now? It's about 80, right? Yeah. And why is that? Why are we not, we are not in, in dirty coal mines anymore? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Because we have technology that does it, right? Yeah, yeah, true. And, and technology not only helped us in our industrial environments, it made our air cleaner. It's not yet as clean as it should be, but it's mm -hmm. cleaner. Hmm. Uh, it, 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 it allowed us to do creative jobs in front of computers. It, it allowed us to have a working week that is not 80 hours. It, it is maybe 40, 30 hours. And, and we have increased the productivity. So the in investment of our time has created more wealth. Hmm. And that's, that's, that's wonderful. We have in, 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 in healthcare, we have innovated. We have me medical technologies that, ha that, that you, you scan your brain and you understand there's, there's something wrong early and can, you can take early and, and can, can fix it, hopefully. Mm -hmm. So it's all technology that has really led to us living a better life. And we forget that sometimes. And, and, and a longer life. And 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 go can go on, on holidays. I mean, 200 years, people haven't been able to go and travel the world because they had to live their life and have to make sure that they are not dying the next day, mm -hmm. have enough food and so on. It's all around technology. So the technology is helped us, and uh, it's it's very important. We see that that we need to we need to honor this in, 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 to to a certain extent. That's really interesting because I think you're right. I think there are a lot of people who think that more technology is the wrong way to go. 
No, I think I think more technology is very important, and I would be delighted if we have manufacturing plants mm -hmm. where you turn on the switch on a Sunday evening, or maybe on the first of, of January in a year, and the machines run through the year without any human inter, inter, intervention. All the humans could then stay at home, <laughs> read books, uh, be creative, and and uh, and spend valuable time with their children. Mm -hmm. and, and do the things that really matter in life. Uh, that's creativity. And ev everything that's repetitive is to be avoided. We yeah. need to do things that are new, creative, and invent new things and invent new method uh, methods, for example, to tackle cancer and to tackle the big problems on the planet yeah. rather than wasting our time in doing repetitive stuff. And I, 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 I hate repetitive stuff. stuff. <laughs> and and, and that, that's why I think technology can help there. Yeah. Yeah. And also, I mean, if there is a if, if there is a manufacturing plants that that are productive without human inter interaction, governments could rethink the, the concept of a, a baseline salary for all, 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 all people. Yeah. So that they make the living from from that sort of state salary. Uh, why not? Yeah, it's possible. Switzerland thinks about that. It's it's actually a good way forward. Yeah, I was going to I was literally going to ask you that because I mean if people aren't we've created a world whereby people need money to survive. Yes, yeah, sure. Um so if people aren't doing jobs like working in factories or whatnot, I mean, how do they then earn money in order to survive in essence? I mean, does that mean that you would support a universal basic income type idea or are there other ways that you think uh, yeah, I think I think the universal basic income idea is is something that i think should be coming and the mm -hmm. fact that we we go out to work is a result of a second industrial revolution okay. before that people had their specialization they were tradesmen men they were sort of uh, uh, carpenters and did their job and then they they worked for the butcher and, and so on they exchanged their their skills and then th that's how they they basically made their living yeah and then industrialization came in and that's why people went into industries and in factories and that, that that's only within a certain time mm -hmm. but there's also therefore a way to get out of this and and say let machines produce the wealth that we need and give a baseline salary so that people can use that baseline to then do the things they want to do and be in in their in their own back in their own skill set and and be creative and do things they really want to do. Yeah, I've seen so many people who are just going out to work, just to get a make a make a living. Get but many people say of I course. hate my job. Yeah, but I need the money. Yes, but why 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 not saying this is this is wrong? You should do. Time is so short. You should do what you really your heart tells you. Mm-hmm. And no matter what, if it's if it's you're an artist and you 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 you, you create paintings which are wonderful, but no one you're not getting the millions out of it. That should be possible because there's always value in in, the, in these creative creative jobs, and uh, mm -hmm. people should be allowed to do that what they really want to do. I love that answer, Professor Haas. Mm. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I think I think <laughs> technology helps, and the technology is the way out of this dilemma. You think so? Uh, absolutely. And and we need a nervous system. That's why we need Li-Fi <laughs> yes. in order to build that vision, right? <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so yeah, I'm a very narrow-minded. Obviously, Li-Fi is only a part of the system solution of the of the future. Sure. We need artificial intelligence. We need the sensors. We need the the algorithms that run, clue everything together. Yeah. But it's it's a necessary component. 
Not sufficient, but necessary. Necessary. Mm. Okay. Uh, looking at Scotland uh, as a technological ecosystem, I mean, what are your thoughts on it? I mean, uh, Scotland has a strong history of very creative and very influential minds. Adam Smith and and uh, you go to Maxwell in, in our our space. Yeah. Very creative. And, and I mean, it's, it's always been a European lighthouse in terms of uh, education. I mean, uh, it is it is very rich in, in, in that heritage. And um, it, it, it needs perhaps to develop a little bit more the, uh, the industrial base. Okay. So that, that you, you, there's a way to leverage all the, the, the big and good brains here to, to draw in um, industry that create sort of um, industry value uh, in, in a high-skilled sector. Uh, I guess there's, there's, there's a way that perhaps is, 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 is needed and, and there's, there's good, good, good examples of, of, of that vision being achieved. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What do you think are some of the the biggest? Um, uh, I don't I don't know challenges or limitations, but what do you think are some of the things that we should be doing better? I think what I what I really treasured, and that's why I came to Great Britain, is the freedom of thought and the freedom of creativity, and that you could drive ideas that are not mainstream you're not you're not you're not shot down if you have a stupid idea and you people would tolerate that yes it's a, it's, it's a good idea let's go ahead and, and do it further yeah uh, so it, it's that 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 environment where you can have these these ideas and and, and no one yeah people would support you that um that, that that's that's the, the culture here it's it's creativity and that's really what i like but what the shortcoming is a little bit to follow the creativity through to the end. Mm-hmm. So you have an idea, and uh, you need to build an, a, a, a corporation, a, a business around an idea. There's too often the case that people develop it to a certain extent, and then they they want to cash in and sell it off. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and that spirit of of following an idea through, so you get companies in this region here that are as big as the Googles, the Amazons, the Netflix, mm-hmm. uh, that, that requires this additional sort of stamina to, to follow things through. And that yeah. also, the spirit, that is perhaps something that could, could be added to, 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 to leverage all the okay. wonderful knowledge and, and, and experience and skills that are here. Mm-hmm. Mm. What are your views on uh, investment uh, for early stage companies? I think that that is one of the the, the 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 main reasons why perhaps there is not this really follow through, mm. because you have a wonderful angel investor environment and community in this region. But for some things like also Pure Li-Fi, at, at a certain stage, you need bigger investment. You need <laughs> investment firms that that are not here locally. They are in London. They are. They are elsewhere. So the, the, the centralization down in London mm. is, is, is perhaps a bit of a limitation for building bigger companies in, 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 in a region here, or maybe a, a point of reflection that I think um, what would really help that environment if, if there's more, um, uh, is a better uh, investment community here, okay. in investment firms that would. Would, would be, be, be support the the local companies in that in that region. Yeah, mm. yeah. So interesting. Th- hmm. 
I've got some questions for you that perhaps go um, a bit deeper, mm-hmm. uh, some of the sort of philosophical questions. Uh, the first one I'm going to ask you is, how do you feel that you have evolved as a person throughout your life? I think uh, what really opened, and I said it earlier, is, 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 is traveling, moving out of your comfort zone hmm. and going through hard times. And, and this maybe hard at a time, but in the long run makes, uh, has made me stronger and more resilient. So I can digest uh, sort of perhaps um, uh, hard times easier with this sort of resilience that, that, that built in, that I've built in. Um, so in that way, I think, yeah, to travel and, um, and experience in different environments really helped me live a more sort of a resilient life. Yeah. What, what would you say is the biggest challenge that you faced? The biggest challenge I, I, I faced, um, um, it is really moving out of, of a secure environment into, into an open world and, uh, and, and having to, to cope with, with different environments, different cultural elements and, and, and make sure that you understand your environment, you adapt to it and, and you learn. Yeah, that's perhaps one yeah. of the biggest, the biggest challenges I, I faced. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Mm. What do you feel is your purpose in life? I think this is a, this is a very, very good question. So I'm, um, I, I think, without going too much into religion, okay. I, I believe that every one of us has a certain purpose on, on the planet okay. um, that we have to find. Hmm. So we have to find our place in the world um, and be searching for that and hopefully find that place and contribute to society, contribute to building a better world. I think um, hopefully that that is something that everyone should be aware of, and um, it's very important for us as well. And um, that we realize that uh, we are part of this, the nature, part of the of that planet, and uh, children for us are very important means in making sure that um, this sustainable inheritance of, 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 of values and uh, people can carry forward ideas and build build a better world. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, I think, I guess, some of the answers to the very difficult question. Yeah. Yes. And, but as, um, as an individual, I mean, what do you feel is your own purpose in terms of giving to the world? Um, I mean... A lot of, uh, 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 I mean, things like life that we do is, is, is great. Really, really, we are, we are very blessed that it's being received so much recognition. And, mm-hmm. and that, that's good. So that's perhaps something that we've contributed and, and hopefully will help build better systems and increase lifetime, improve our, our, our quality of life. But for me, it's, it's so important that... Uh, we make sure that the children, that our children live life and give them, equip them with the right skills and uh, 
good balance between control and freedom so that they can live their own life and find their purpose in, 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 their, in their lives and guide them through this very difficult journey, yeah. uh, at least for some time, uh, and, and making sure that there's more good citizens who come out. I mean, perhaps this is, this is um, what we can expect, and uh, it's, it's perhaps a bit too much if you would think that we are more important because in, in 300 years from now, I, can, I guess no one will remember that we, we've been sitting here and discussing about our purpose in life because everyone would have forgotten about us. So we need to be humble as well at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> never know. Don't, don't throw away the, uh, the, 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 the video disc that you, you create. Yeah. Exactly. Put, yes. it in, put it in a, into a bottle and put it on the ocean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Oh, but it's, it's really interesting what you said there. So, I mean, I suppose your name has possibly become synonymous with Li-Fi and yet uh, I suppose Li-Fi doesn't define you. It's not who you are. No, it does not. I think it, it is. It is not. It's something that we've created alongside our vision, our, our intention, our ambition. But uh, I think I'm hope I'll be more than that. Yeah. And my wife always reminds me that you're more than that, and that's absolutely correct. <laughs> so, so on that basis, I mean, what would you like your legacy to be? How would you like to be remembered? Um, I like to be remembered to be a good citizen. Uh, Of, of, of the planet and if, 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 uh, um, that, that my children will speak positively of me when, should I, when, I, when I've died and say that that was a good, good dad. I mean, I, I don't have any greater aspirations, perhaps. No, really? No. Which is interesting because your legacy could be, uh, I suppose you're maybe being quite humble, but your legacy could be somebody that radically transforms the way that the world works. It would be nice to have, and I would 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 like that that Li-Fi is providing the nervous system of the future, and that people benefit from it. That it it, it saves lives. It it makes creates that vision that really people can have a baseline salary and create a better. Maybe it helps. Maybe hopefully it is a, is, is part of it. And uh, but but yeah, we can only hope. And uh, but it's many many people that will contribute to make this happen. So it, it is not only one singular person. It, it's really a big community. Uh, and also my colleagues uh, who have worked on that and, and, and my colleagues in the company who basically work really uh, seven days, 24 hours almost to, to make, make it happen. So it, it's many, many people who would make that a reality. So it, it is not attributed okay. to one person. Yeah. It, it is a collective uh, approach. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I hope that it, it, will, it will come to that point that You use it at home. Yeah. You have it in your fridge, in your oven, in, in, your, in your smartphone, <laughs> yeah. in, your, in your shoes uh, to have sort of smart shoes and so on. Amazing. Have it everywhere, yeah. Yeah, yeah. What is it that drives you? I mean, what is your why? I mean, I partially said that already. So um, what drives me is, is this, this continuous quest for innovation. I, I hate the most... The repetitive stuff and what i hate is is you can ask my wife filling out forms okay <laughs> I, I, i hate i hate being given a framework and i have to fit into a framework i, I hate to be sort of in a in a frame in a uh, box yeah in yeah, a box yeah uh, and i want to do different things and try out different things and and improve things around us and that's that's why Life was one of this, improving wireless connectivity, improving that shortcoming of, 
of, of data rates suddenly going down when too many people want to use radio uh, communications. Improve things and make it better. Um, that is something that really, really drives me. And, and again, combining the basic skills I've been taught at uh, university in mathematics, physics, and, and combine it with, with creativity. And that, that, that is what drives me. And, and doing things in, in a way of, as you say, out of the box, thinking not in the, the classic way, but trying the odd thing and see, see if it works. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. I'm just wondering, I've been kind of, uh, had a, a running narrative in my head. It's just basically along the lines of the fact that the millennial generation are often spoken about as wanting to have an impact, wanting to do good and kind of change the world. And that's really what, what you're kind of talking about. And, you know, you're pre-millennial generation. <laughs> what What is it that makes you want to change the world and make it a better place? Why do more people not think like that? I've thrown a lot at you there. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it, it is, it is a, uh, a motivation to, to, to improve things. It, it may be a stereotype. Say, I want to improve the world. And maybe everybody says, I want to improve the world. Uh, but actually realizing you can. Hmm. And hmm. it's not only a platitude or any phrase that everybody of us has in their own hands, in their own ways, the skills to do it is is, is very important to recognize. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And and I think this is this is this is a, is, is one of of the motivation. And and perhaps if you look back into into the evolution of of life on the planet, this is why we brought up. That's why we are sitting here. That's why we have evolved. From a few atoms into <laughs> some living species, because evolution has driven us to be better, 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 and improve things. Yeah. So that we create very intelligent life, and uh, I guess we should continue with that. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Mm. <laughs> This is a slightly esoteric question, mm. but how would you describe your worldview? In terms of, um, are you optimistic? Are you realistic? Uh, like, what's your experience of the world? Um, when I was younger, I was uh, traditionally fairly pessimistic. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it, it is. I don't know. It's where it's come, but but I, I always saw the things that are not so good and and, and how to improve that and. Um, That's why it's sort of the idea of moving out to Canada, live in a hut somewhere remotely and to follow your dream and, and follow your thoughts came out of this sort of more negative thinking. But this has turned over the years. And I think I've become a more, more positive uh, person looking into, into a way that we really, it's really, we are really empowered to change the world to the better. And maybe the frustration in the early years was because I was, sort of uh, basically locked into this little village and there's mm -hmm. only so much you could do, but then realizing you can do the things that improve things perhaps has also changed me in terms of the way I, I see I see the world and I see more positive things that we can can create and influence. Hmm. Hmm. So that's also important that how, how the environment changes people and that, that is quite quite interesting. I mean Yeah. Um, genes are important, but I think the environment is, is so much important as well. And that's why I, I always say, if, uh, if, if we talk about Europe, 
uh, we, we should have a policy in Europe that every citizen in Europe should be having a sabbatical for two years to go into a country of choice in Europe to live there for two years and see how people live their lives in a different environment, different culture. This will educate a lot. And perhaps we wouldn't have the discussions that we have now yeah. if, if we had that. That's, a, that's, a, that's really quite uh, forward thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Do you think you will ever move to Canada? Um, I don't. Uh, I don't think so. Uh, maybe we do. I, I don't know. Uh, but it's. It, it might be possible. Yeah. Why not? Do you, you still have that uh, yearning to move into the wilderness? I, I don't want to be locked into something. I still want to retain. Although it's getting more and more difficult. The older you get, you have children that are living mm. socially, socially embedded into social structures. It's flexibility is not that high anymore. But I, I would. We always see as, as our family. We want to retain. The flexibility to 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 move if if if, if things make sense, yeah. Mm -hmm. Why not? <laughs> How do you define success? Uh, success is, I mean, this is again stereotype answers. Success is linked to happiness. Okay. Uh, if 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 you are satisfied with whatever you do, it's success. I mean, uh, it, it's a personal definition. Uh, and um, it's also linked to ambition. I mean, uh, mm -hmm. there's people with high ambition. For them, it's harder to achieve success. And there's people with low ambition. It's easier to, to achieve <laughs> successes. Yeah. Really setting yourself goals. And I think that's, that's important. Mm -hmm. and, and, um, and it's important to set high goals. Yes. Um, I mean, uh, it's easy to, to, to just be satisfied and, and, and live a life, but you could end up in a, in a in some life that is not giving you i mean the great great satisfaction because satisfaction rises with with, with the goals yeah uh, so yeah. and it's it's important mm. to realize and this is also what i say to students is, is you you may think you have limitations you may think you cannot achieve that you may think you because people around you your environment told you This is this is the this is the, uh, the 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 frame in which you fit, mm -hmm. but actually, the frame in which people fit uh, is determined by everyone on its own. There's no external influences that determine the frame, and everybody should have the will have the opportunity to to reach big goals and to be leaders and to be uh, mm. Nobel laureates, to be able to do that yeah. it's only the mindset that, that that provides the limitation that's 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 what i've learned over the, over the years and, and and that's a very important recognition because it opens up a world of opportunities yes yeah it's an amazing way of thinking as well it is it, yeah, uh, i don't know that. it's yeah yeah i mean you've achieved an enormous amount it's, it's actually quite incredible when i read out the introduction how much you've done and you've become i suppose something of a, a global tech icon mm. <laughs> um do you feel successful i feel happy and, and and proud of the endorsement of what we do and, mm -hmm. and i still recognize at least my ambition is to make it a be a worldwide success means that everybody in some way has Li-Fi in their pockets, in their homes, and we're not yet there. So my ambition is still that we will need to make that vision 
ubiquitous and every, that it touches everyone. So I'm, I'm glad we are where we are, but still there's, there's some work to be done. Okay. And uh, yeah, and that's what we are we're trying to, to achieve and, uh, and that's still our ambition. Wow. Yeah. Do, do you have any other, um, you know, life goals as such? Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, com coming back to the family, which is so important for us, um, for me, is really trying to get <laughs> a better work-life balance and, and, and being able to, to spend more valuable time with the family is, 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 my, is my goal. And um, I mean, somehow my work is my hobby, but hmm. uh, I, I want to, to, to have more time because it's, it, it's, it's incredible uh, how fast sort of time passes and how quickly uh, children grow and uh, sometimes they leave. And, and that's, mm -hmm. that's uh, missed opportunities. And that is something that I, I want to, want to um, improve in the sense that getting a, a very good balance there as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. How much do you work? With modern technology, and I kind of uh, uh, hopefully not uh, uh, contradict myself, with modern technology, we can <laughs> sadly are enabled to work anytime, at any place, everywhere. With, yeah. And this is something we, we can use, but we need to learn con to control a little bit. Yeah. So, I, I mean, uh, the, uh, the laptop is, 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 I use it at home and then use it in the morning before going to the, to, to, to the university and, and, and in the evening. So it's whenever there's free time, there's, there's, there's work as well because it's, it's, it's endless, yeah. <laughs> but presumably you're, it's your passion, right? You it is my it. passion, yes, yes, yeah. But, uh, but at the same time, I also feel the passion that I want to, to, to do more in discovering the world together with my children. And that, that is a kind of a, sometimes a, a conflict of, uh, of, of time, basically. Y yeah, of there's course, yeah, time. yeah. Hmm. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I cannot say that. And, and in, in a way, I, I don't, uh, I'm bad in listening and taking advice. That, that is perhaps uh, because I, I've always wanted to experience my, uh, I want to experience advice and don't want to take advice. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great um, way to look at I, yeah, I, I hate advice. In fact, so <laughs> yeah, uh, because, uh, uh, yeah. So I want to I want to prove it that advice is real, and it's not by words, but by really by 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 doing things and learning. So I'm not a good good advice taker. So therefore, I I can't really remember what's the best advice I've taken. That's fascinating. Yeah. Whose advice would you have been taking when you decided to move? Wait, who's advice? In, in what sense? Does that make sense? Not really. So your decision to move was that uh, your own? Yeah. I that was entirely yeah. your yeah. own idea. Yeah. No one else had ever no, suggested no. that. Yeah, indeed, really? Yeah. I mean, it's 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 gone completely contrary to what people in that little village do. I mean, maybe there's a handful of people in, in my age who left that Re village. Really? Because they they are locked in tradition. In tradition, to do the things and you. You grow up, you take a job, you, you you have a flat next to your parents, and you basically extend the house of your parents, live in the same neighborhood, and and, and go to the same school, and have the same friend, and it, it's all very repetitive, all predictable, and and uh, moving out of that space is is 
not many people do that. And uh, I guess it was one of these driving motivations to, to, to experience something else. Mm -hmm. But, but the, the only advice I would have got, don't do it, don't do it, <laughs> stay here and do, 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 do uh, continue with the, with the tradition. Yeah. What do you think you would have achieved had you stayed there? I don't know, maybe hugely frustrated. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know, I can't, I can't tell. It's, really? Yeah, hypothetically, yeah. <laughs> If you had the opportunity to speak to your 20-year-old self, what would you say? Um, I think it's, it's a very good question. I think when you are 20 years old, you always think, oh, there's so much time that you have to build mm. your life. Don't bother. So just do the things. And as you have time, you can wait and you could um, do that thing first and a sec another thing. But actually, um, what you realize is that 20 years are going passed very quickly and uh, to, uh, to 20 years, is, 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 it might be a long time, but it's actually very short. I think I would have accelerated okay. things when I, at that time, you know, if I could give myself advice. Do the same thing, but do it quicker and faster because it gives you more time to do even more <laughs> on top of it. So that, that perhaps would be an advice I would have given myself. Yeah. Don't wait. Don't do wait. It. Yeah. Hmm. If you could change anything in the world, what would it be and why? That's a very, very good uh, <laughs> philosophical question. It's a big question. Um, but my, my view on that is, I mean, um, is that I think what really caused a lot of frustration and uh, um, pain on the planet is, is boundary, uh, um, borders. Okay. Okay. Uh, I think I think um, I, I would remove borders, so that there's only one country. That's the the global country. The the, the and 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 we have we, we realize that we all humans. Uh, we all part of the same species, and uh, our obligation is to make sure that planet is sustainable. It can grow. It can doesn't utilize the resources that our children would need it or their children would have needed. So we, had, we have a fair, fair treatment of, of the resources on the limited planet and, and, and act as, as, one, as one community and, um, and don't waste resources, time and energy to fight each other. Wow. So, so everyone would simply be an inhabitant of planet Earth? Yes, I yeah. would be an inhabitant of a planet Earth. Yes. Okay. How would you manage uh, travel and where people live? <laughs> people should decide where they travel, where they live, yeah. and 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 if they are happy to live in a in a traditional environment that they grew up, then they should have the freedom opportunity to do that. To do that, do that. If they want to to travel, if they want to experience something else, they should be able to to move to the states or to Asia and live their life there and learn Chinese and Mandarin and, and yeah. Japanese. Uh, yeah, still it would have local cultural elements, but it will be part of one one community. Um, that I think is, um, um, I guess, would solve a lot of problems. Do you think that about other man-made constructs, so to speak? Um, in, in, so borders sense? certainly being one, but I mean, 
I, I want to be careful as to not um, kind mm. of disparage anything, but things like religion or things like um, certain beliefs that ultimately mm. can lead to division between people. I mean, would you see a sort of breakdown of that more in order to make the world a better place? I think it is is a matter of of creating that environment of tolerance and acceptance hmm. if you if you don't don't have boundaries uh, you don't have any way of creating a difference yeah. and that that potential difference of wealthy countries less wealthy countries mm-hmm. creates a lot of problems so if, mm-hmm. you, if you try to equalize yeah. in a sense wealth uh-huh. development yeah and accept that there is no boundary between the, the religion so that everyone can follow um, their belief mm-hmm. and be just tolerant about it is it's, it's part of this one one community around the planet. So so so, so like belief is one element, but being speaking speaking a certain language is, is also part of a um a boundary, if you want, but yes. that wouldn't would be not material anymore. Mm-hmm. So, would be religion wouldn't be material. People would just exercise what their own beliefs, religion, language, traditions are, and, okay. and you would have that, that acceptance and tolerance. Hopefully, yeah, that's, it could be. I mean, this is, yes, this yeah. is I mean, <laughs> far away from that, and maybe uh, not achievable. But uh, I think uh, for me, boundaries have been been very limiting and. Um, mm-hmm. Um, have also been led to um, sort of uh, the, 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 this, this thinking of we and them. Yes, yeah, definitely. And we and them means there's a difference. It's a we are not we're not part of the same, although we are. Yeah. Uh, and that 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 mental and that, that the spiritual thinking is, is is quite something that I think has not helped. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I I mean I. I, I'm German, born in Germany, but I feel like a European. But I, I can, I can uh, extrapolate, I can generalize that concept. I'm a, I'm an Earthian, if you want. Yeah. Uh, if, if you, if you would think that you could travel all the planets, you can live on Mars and Jupiter, and uh, suddenly imagine there's people on, on Jupiter. They would be the Jupiterians, <laughs> and and, yeah. and and now we are Earthians. So it, it's all a mental concept. You can generalize it, and and that would give you an entirely new perspective of. The way who we are, what we are, and how important we are, yeah. given the grand scheme of, of things. Yes. Mm. Wow. Mm. That's a, an incredibly uh, profound and powerful answer mm. to what is really quite a difficult question. So. Yeah, but um, yeah, I guess uh, not not realistic, and it's we are well. living in a world, world, statements of fantasy here. But I think, uh, <laughs> yes, um, I think that that I guess would could, would help. Visionary, nonetheless. Yeah. yeah. Professor Haas, it's been an absolute honour uh, speaking to you. I've genuinely loved this interview. It's I do. Been brilliant. And uh, I, I love hearing your perspectives on things. Thank you so much. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to be confronted with so many uh, inspirational <laughs> questions. Thank, <laughs> thank you. you. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, I'll let you get away to your family now. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I would be delighted. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Thanks. You've been listening to Inspired Edinburgh. If you enjoyed this, please subscribe for more powerful conversations. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show and we'll see you at the next episode.